Oh, welcome in to Audio Bistro, episode one. Very special guest, Christian Sparacio. I'm saying that right, Christian? Christian Sparacio. It's all good. Okay, Christian Sparacio. I look oh, like yeah. an ass on my very first <laughs> episode to come on here and talk. You know, I want to give them a platform to talk about themselves and where I can you know, put their stuff out there for other people to hear. Because the other part about making music is, yeah, you're spending money on the stuff. You're spending, you know, time is time is money. Um, and then there's the trying to promote yourself, trying to get your name out there, uh, you know, creating that image around yourself. You know, you got a real cool Instagram. You know, you just do your, your funny, wild shit. You know, you're just yourself and you can tell it wholeheartedly. But it's like, so how can I like help you out as you're putting in all this effort? You know, that's kind of what inspired Audio Bistro, just kind of seeing the back the backside of music. And I have a couple of friends make music themselves and invest so much into mm. into finding finding yourself through music. And it's like, it's, sometimes you kind of lose track and I want to help people just get, get their stuff out there. You know, like yourself, you, you promote yourself incredible, but it's like, that's kind of the idea behind Audio Bistro. Uh, anyone who... Uh, does listen to this podcast uh if you hear any music in the intro or the outro that is that is charlie himself that is his newest song um uh go back to you sorry and which you released in april so we got a little bit of the build and some of the drop of go back to you is the intro and outro to audio bistro right now so snaps for charlie he's got himself Thank a you, intro on the podcast shout out I think music, uh, and at least for you, and I think for most people, I know certainly for you, this is one of the main reasons we connected so much, but like, think about a life without music. Like, I just, I can't even imagine it. I I listen to it all the time. I listen to it when I'm working out. I listen to it when I'm walking down the street. I listen to it at concerts, like in the car driving, dude, it's fucking all day long, every day. And I think most people like have music as a main part of their life, whether they're aware of it or not, like. I can't imagine life without it. So, well, dude, I'm I, glad that it's a big part of it. I don't vacuum without music. I don't clean without music. I don't go to the bathroom without music. I mean, I go to sleep with like waves playing. Like, I need some kind of wave, like waveform going when I'm sleeping, even. So, it's like it never stops just penetrating. What was that like, man? I mean, not everyone just gets to casually do a European tour. So, you know, I want I want to hear stories. I want to hear the raunchiest thing to come from that tour. <laughs> raunchiest. Well, I'll just start with how it happened in general. So. Um, I mean, we've been a band, like we're saying, for over 10 years. So uh, really early on in our career, we had an article in AP Magazine, Alternative Press, back uh, back when that was a, probably a little more of a big deal. And it had a really great uh, scope and great reach and stuff like that. So the band we toured with actually called Cold Reading, they heard of us through this magazine. And so they actually told their friends, just like everybody back in the day, like oh i found this cool band whatever you know you talk about it so they asked us to come out so like we're very much a diy band like uh do it yourself till we die kind of thing and so um yeah long story short i knew these guys in switzerland and i knew that they were uh fans of us and their band is really cool and i reached out to them and said hey like what is what's it going to take for us to do a tour together um and so they helped handle like where we printed merch and they helped handle the booking. We rented a sprinter van out there. Um, they came and picked us up from the airport. Um, it was awesome. I mean, it couldn't have gone better, especially considering we've never met them in person. <laughs> wow. It, mm-hmm. was, it was, we met them over FaceTime. <clears throat> we were like, we probably should know just in case if they're, mm-hmm. you know, if they're real, we don't want to become, you know, a hostile situation. Of course. I refuse so to say in hostels because off. of that movie. Yeah. I don't want to be sold off for, you know, murder pleasure. Murder pleasure. Body, <laughs> your body parts are in different different spaces before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be wild. But yeah. I mean, uh, yep. It must have been a trip finding. It must have been a trip finding out you got like international fans. You got an international, you know, Switzerland where it got weirdest. I, I think Belgium was where it got weirdest. We even have, we even have a Belgium. yeah in Bruges. Um, and now even within the band, it's kind of an inside joke. If we're gonna get you know super fucked up, we'll say like, are we trying to get Bruges tonight or or Bruges. hey, you're, you're getting a less longer COVID or growing the hair out. I started growing my hair before COVID. We we all had a conversation before we went to Europe, like, I don't know, a couple months before. And you can tell, I mean, 
people probably don't pick up on this, but like, I hate how my hair looks in all the European photos from that tour because it was in like major awkward stage. But, and like, these Walk two fuckers there. look so great with like any sort of length of hair. And I feel like I can do like the pompadour thing that I did for a million years and then this and like the whole in between felt like hell to me, dude. But, <laughs> but yeah, we all decided to do it together, which yeah. was kind of fun because there are so many times I wanted to fucking give up. But, my brothers, yeah. my brothers and then helped Cameron me. Gave up. Yeah, and then yeah, Cameron he's a threw quitter, him dude. And said, he's a quitter. Fuck y'all, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he even posted a that, he, he flipped you off so bad. He even posted a video on Instagram about on his hair the author cut. account, dude. On the author account, sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah y'all just men hang around. I went through a breakup, you know, so it was like a it was like a breakup move where I was like, I'm ready to get rid of my hair, start fresh. Yeah, and it's been something I've been wanting to do for a really long time too. Pull it I, haven't, off. I haven't had my head shaved since I was like twelve. I don't know, man. I I try. I really. I used to overthink things a lot. Now I've learned to just trust my ear, and that that has helped tremendously. Just with being able to finish songs, and you know, while, while like I'll sit down, like I just finished a track yesterday, um, and I, I produced like. 90% of it in like one sitting just got the main ideas out and then I'd say it took me like four or five hours and I like it it's cool I might have like a couple hours of tweaks and then like maybe I'm gonna probably let it sit for a few weeks and then come back and like revisit to see but for the most part I'd say like 90% of the stuff I've been putting out recently at least since like 2020 are all songs that I've finished like relatively quickly. Um, I feel like if if the production is taking me too long, I I, I lose interest and kind of move on to the next thing. So um, I feel like that's like the biggest thing that's changed is just kind of trusting my gut with that in a way. Um, like if it's not clicking, like not forcing that to be a thing. Just like, okay, it is what it is. Let's move on to the next thing. And maybe I'll revisit that track that wasn't working a year from now. And maybe something will work for it. But yeah, I, I try to get things done quick because, like I said, I'll lose interest. <laughs> well, I'm hopeful that that aspiring artists are listening to this because I'm sure they all, I mean, you you knew, I know, a lot of them know. You start and it feels like it might take a while to get a song put out, but you know, here you are now. So I hope, hopefully you can be an inspiration to some who feel like they might be struggling with the process. It's taken them so damn long, but then, you know, hopefully they can hear this and be like, all right, just part, you got to stick with it. Keep hammering yeah. away and eventually you're going to be putting out freaking 10 songs a week. God, yeah, no, 10, for sure. 10, 10 songs a week. Yeah, well, yeah, I would, not all of them are good, so you know, probably. No. Do y'all ever watch uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh, I have, and I know that some other members have. Okay, before, but... so that's going to lead into this question. A lot coming from Brother Lately has been like really yellow. There's been a lot of yellow and bright colors surrounding your profile lately, and then <laughs> yeah. my dumb brain just randomly goes like, "Oh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia," just randomly starts popping up in my head when I see that for uh -huh. no good reason, but. It got me thinking, like, is there someone in the band who has, like, that wild card, Charlie Kelly type of wild card personality where you just don't know what you can get out of them? Um, I probably Erica has the most wild card. Would she approve of you saying that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Erica? <laughs> we, all, we all have a little bit of a uh, little bit of a wild and the reason side, i ask but... is just i mean if anyone goes and browses your instagram i mean y'all are out there y'all yourselves and you know it's a fun mm -hmm. page to just scroll through you know i know you i've just seen some pictures you're doing goofy shit yourself so i was like yeah, maybe there's yeah. a wild card of that group that just has done something just obviously ridiculous or you just don't know what you're going to get out of them yeah um but sorry again that's just where my dumb brain goes when i see all your really vibrant yellow. is there a reason behind all the yellow recently it was it was a kind of like a what's it called a rebrand Okay. Uh, to where like one of our goals was, or I guess the top goal was everything we're going to do is gold standard. Like it's going to okay. be top of the pops, top notch, like everything we do. So not just music, but music videos, photos, everything. And then that just translated into like, why don't we just turn everything gold or yellow? Uh, ended up being more of a honey mustard, but that kind of just. I'm down with honey mustard. <laughs> yeah. I no, love I like that. Mustard. Um, a lot of times what happens is I'll do a little demo, probably like a first verse and a chorus. Um, and it usually sounds like trash. 
And then I <laughs> I send it over to Nathan, who does a lot of the production. So we do most everything at his house. Uh, so like Oxidate, for example, I did a little demo. Sounds like trash. Send it over to him. And I was like, hey, you want... Should we do this? Is this the thing we're doing? And he's like... Turn this trash oh, into yeah. gold? Yeah, he's like, let's do it. So we Oxidate actually came out pretty quickly. It probably... I mean, a track can take anywhere from like a couple weeks to record, and we did it in two days. Uh, oh, just because we're, we're stoked on it, and we just like. Well, we had everything set up, so I jumped on drums real quick, did that. We did keys, guitar, acoustic guitars, and then mixed it. And we, right after we mixed it, we're like, hey, we should just release this. And so we did. And it, Why not? it, it popped off. And. It popped sure. off. Like I talk, told you before we kind of jumped on here. My personal favorite being being broke. Yeah. Um, Broken lonely. My <laughs> terrible singing. Uh, but that's 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 what I knew I needed to have you on. Um, and um, let's dive into it right away because I, I dug up some interesting artifacts that you are a first, a one of one in my six, my long tenure here, my six episodes <laughs> yeah. uh, to have some songs featured on some TV shows. That is sick. Yeah. Um, let, let, let me let me tell the people about it, and then you can you can just jump all into it. Cool. Um, your song "Will You Fight," and this is the one I want to feature first because I like the show a lot. "Will You Fight" was featured on season five of Money Heist. Um, "Bad Attitude" is another song of yours. Was featured on um, Elite. I want it's Elite, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Elite. Okay, and then you also had. Guess Who's Back was featured on The L Word, I believe. And I think yes. these were all, yep, and these were all 2021. So it's like, we got to start here uh, because I feel like, well, Money Heist is a sick show. I've watched that. I haven't watched the other two, but I feel like it's like every artist's dream to kind of like, you know, have their stuff featured on a big TV show. So like walk me to through the point until like um, you've got these songs out and then obviously they're getting picked up for these shows and you're, you're watching it for the first time with your song on there. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's truly wild. Um I uh <clears throat> like with these songs um I mean the the way that it happens it kind of happens in like a few different ways um that like actually comes to fruition like sometimes it'll just be like a music supervisor for one of the shows that like happens to like beginners and then they reach out and they're like, "Hey, I want to use this song for this film or a TV show or whatever it is I'm doing." Um, but then it also like, I'm with a publishing company called Cobalt. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the same way that artists would be signed to like a record deal. It's like the other half of the song basically is a publishing deal for the writing portion. And yeah. And my publishers have just been like great. And so like those, those placements, um, really kind of came through them. Um, and I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, like seeing, seeing, like watching, especially a show that you like a show that you watch, like the L word is like, I mean, that's, I'm queer. So L word is like iconic, um, for me and like my community. And so it was like insane to see. Um, and I had actually two songs on the L word last year. Um, it was like, guess who's Damn. back. And, and I think, um, give me some. I think was the other one on there. And it's just okay. like, yeah, it's like very surreal to be yeah. like watching something that like, that you are like, you're used to like living inside of that world, you know, like you're just fully mm -hmm. wrapped up in that like show's reality. And it's mm -hmm. really bizarre and amazing to like all of a sudden hear your song. It's yeah. almost like disorienting because sometimes that happens. Yeah. Like I'll be like, wait, it's like something will sound familiar, but like you won't understand why. And then you're like, oh, wait, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of bearing a lead a little bit with another thing that was super sick that you got to do. in I think 2021 was a New Balance commercial. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You got flown. I think New Balance, you, you posted that New Balance flew you out. Um, you had to be featured in one of their commercials. Um, so personally. Um, as a future New Balance wearer, um, while, when I'm cutting the lawn or doing other dadly duties, you know, I just <laughs> yeah, want to say thank yeah. you. I want to th yeah. I want to say thank you for the brand and dads everywhere. <laughs> um, and so, do you just get like free New Balance for life now, or like what? What's, what's I wish I, we <sighs> did get a bunch of free New Balance. Um, really? some, we got some Velcro straps. Yeah, they were like, um, 
I still I wear my New Balance all the time. Yeah, they like, yeah, they they were like, yeah, just go on the site and like pick out whatever you want. It was wild because I've had other yeah. like like kind of commercially things, and I I don't think no one's ever also been like, here's a free product, which is kind of counterintuitive. Um, but yeah, with New Balance, they were like, yeah, like go on there, get whatever you want. So we all got like all this new workout gear. It was amazing. Yeah, I I'm I'm quite just. I've had that kind of occasion once in my life um totally unrelated to music but like when you just get a free like hey here's this gift card go spend it on whatever you want we got you but that commercial was sick like you were obviously like it wasn't just like a new balance commercial where it's like people running obviously there's people running around promoting like the brand but like you know um you were like in it it was showing y'all like playing the music like are you going hollywood now do you have you sold out (laughs) friends turn on you you turn your back smaller shit what's what's happened like yeah yeah, um, yeah, we're, su- we're sure super famous now. Yeah, um, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was like um, we kept joking because yeah, it felt very surreal. Like we're we're out there and like uh, I just remember we were like when we were filming it, they kept like ushering us around the set, and they they like there was a it was a huge production, and mm-hmm. and they had everyone had like walkie talkies and stuff. And they they kept saying like talent coming through, talent coming through, talent coming through the first quarter, like talent moving to the second quarter. It was like so funny, you know. Damn. Like if like one of us had to use a restroom, it'd be like talent heading to like restroom number two, like talent hold pooping. all, blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. My costume cool. friction, not with the band, but just Hell like yeah. let's just go. like how you guys travel. So you don't follow many people on Instagram, right? You follow the bandmates, you follow management, maybe. Uh, but you do follow Spirit Airlines, and th- th- that's pretty much it. So I want to yes. know why Spirit Airlines that's made true. the cut, and if you guys are really worried that this might, you know, <laughs> impact your future travel plans, if other people see this and say, fuck these guys, they don't follow us. This will, in fact, solidify all of our future travel plans. With Spirit Airlines. Yeah, I would say so. With Spirit Airlines. Yes. So why Spirit Airlines? Because I am very not mad. Because we actually love them and they yeah. actually love us we are we were the pioneering band into the music for miles program for spirit airlines so we are full ass sponsored by the airline oh. they fly us anywhere that they fly uh on the free and they give us super cute little like tour laminates that say lanyards I'm with the band. I think I, I think it says it says like artist pass. Yeah, artist pass. I'm with the so band. Something like that. <laughs> and in turn, we've essentially licensed our likeness to them. My favorite song of yours is Visitors. Um, oh, I was thanks. curious about where that where Visitors comes along on that journey um, on your little alien journey to Earth. Uh, where's Visitors in that timeline? Well, on the record. What number song is that on the record? Six or seven? I think it's that one's the bottom. Yeah. I don't think the record. I think the record was kind of. There was some chronological happenings, mm-hmm. but certainly not. A lot of the songs, if you think about it, you could zoom in on a song, and that song might be telling a human story. So you might hear a song that sounds like a love song. It's because it is. Um, and that would sort of be from the umbrella perspective of the whole record and the concept that's like zooming in on like one specific story of humanity in this idea of spaceship earth. Yeah. And I think actually maybe all smoke and fire is closer to that. Visitors is in the, to answer your question, cause I just, I think I realized your question in the narrative visitors falls into, it could be the end, but it of the record, but it's not. It actually falls into collectively these space travelers are like, um, hey, we came, we sort of saw what it was. This place is garbage, it's trash. Uh, And essentially the chorus, um, send a supernova, just take it out. Like there's nothing, there's nothing left here to kind of save. And that was uh, their perspective at that moment, it was it. It seemed like unsalvageable. Can't, um, can't totally disagree at this point. Yeah. So they're like, you know, it's it's t- fuck it. Or it's time for us to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we've actually we've actually got nothing nothing left here to uh, 
to try and salvage. I'm, I'm excited for that. I love little mini EP things, those little projects. But, um, you know, if, just following your page a little bit, it sounds like you are busting ass. You're relatively new to the scene. When did you start really getting into, like, the production scene? Ooh, um, let's see. It was, I want to say it was, like, I actually started taking it seriously maybe, like, a year and a half ago, two years. Um, I had just come down off of a crazy acid trip, and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I gotta, like... If That's I how you find this, yourself. Well do, <laughs> dude, yeah. <laughs> you find your way. That's, That's it. always shows you. The doors were opened. Yeah. It was great. So then I was like, a week later, I released my first remix. Uh, wow. And I was, like, super inspired. So um, I would say heavily actually, like, releasing shit and, like, learning the art of uh, of making music probably, like, a year and a half. Wow. Um, but, you know, whenever you get into this stuff, like, I, I'm never, you're never, I mean, you did it too. Like, you're never really satisfied with, like, your final product. And you're always like, ah, there could be something else. Like, I could have made that snare a little bit harder, the kick a little bit heftier, you know. That was one of my biggest really downfalls, yeah. It's so yeah. hard to get out of your own head and get out of your own way with that shit. Yeah. But um, I, I know I had that same roadblock of trying to be too much of a perfectionist to the point where it held up songs. And you just got to, like, get out of that. Um, So... You just kind of said it. What we're going to do for everyone, this is going to be the first time I have done this on this show, is we're going to kind of close out, but then we're going to play... Which which one did you bring for me? You got the Hurricane. Which version did you... Which version? This you one is the bass VIP one. So I kind of took away the fist bumping second drop and changed it into like a... To like a screechy, heavy... Dubstep? Bass kind of, yeah. Just sort of like dubstep. Skin yeah. melting... You just, it's somewhere you just be like this to your friend. You just be like, oh, 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 you know, you just, oh, get a little just get and like, slapped yeah. in the cheek by the, <laughs> we got James and Reese from Highline, uh, band. I think you guys are out of Sydney, right? Sydney, Australia, local to Sydney, Australia. So audio B shows officially gone international Ooh. in our first 10 episodes. Rock on baby. Let's go. Um, and you guys were actually just saying this is your first what podcast with yep. someone not Highline's going international in too simultaneously going in our first three years we were simultaneously <laughs> together we just simultaneously popped each other's international cherry that's so I guess are you guys better question are you familiar with like I guess the the venue scene outside of Australia like even America or just different countries I mean I'm sure you see stuff on Instagram or on social media or stuff but I was curious if there was something about venues in Australia the shows that you're playing that maybe you wouldn't see it shows when you're in the states for yeah, example i think definitely i think the uk is similar as well but there's a huge pub rock scene in australia um and you know we'll go do a tour or we'll play in all these venues and they're just always pubs um with great audio systems and potentially like rooms off to the side just for the live music but for me defining it as pub rock is probably the best way um, from my experience and even the experience within Sydney, like we, we just always play at pubs. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> derivatives of, of pubs. Kind of thing. I mean, that's not the worst thing. You at least know everyone's drinking. I'm sure everyone fucking loves it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I do love it. Um, but purpose built live music. Um, some people say that, but then you get there and it's another pub. Yeah, there's a few. It's, it's, it's weird in between in, in Sydney. And it's like I don't know about an extra Melbourne. 100 square feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a bigger pub. <laughs> okay. Um, Some of them are, like, not sort of, like, you would look at the, the live music room and go, like, yeah, that's a live music venue. But generally, there's a bit of an awkward spot in trying to fill the difference between three and 500 people in Sydney. There's not many sort of venues like everything's sort of sub three and there's maybe two or three that are about 500 so to 700 people which is if you feel he knows then you would be quite successful and then above that there's a quite a huge jump to what touring bands would play at oh i mean that's that's no problem i mean at the end of the day you're having a good time i'm sure the audience is having a good time you're getting your music out there live now i mean i, I can't imagine how fucking good it feels for you guys to be playing live shows i mean we so you, you weren't playing any live shows then before COVID? Um, before COVID, we had a couple, but we never, we'd never been out of Sydney at that time. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, after COVID, we're just sort of uh, getting out of Sydney. 
you guys have a couple guitars in the band, like we mentioned. It was like the you can kind of see my guitar back here, just collecting dust. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to get back into it myself. I started when I was a kid, guitaring. Um, it was like besides piano, the guitar was the first thing I learned myself, um, and it just it just fell through the cracks. But I'm trying to get back into it a little bit. Mm. Mentioned you two both can rip the guitar pretty nice. That new acoustic <laughs> version uh, song that you just dropped, we can definitely jump into it a little bit more. Um, got me thinking. Y'all both play guitar. Have you ever done like a guitar um, duel? Like who would win in the guitar duel? Like if you tried to duel each other, like the dueling pianos type of thing. Um, who would win? I hate to admit it, would just kick my ass. <laughs> I was gonna say, would y'all want to like try that right now? I would love to see you like just duel like a couple of riffs against each other right now. It would be the sickest thing ever, I think. But if Sean would just kick oh. ass, we don't have to just for yeah, Tim would Tim would destroy me. So oh, Tim would destroy yeah, me. Be a competition. <laughs> oh, he man. plays all these like bluegrass licks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was I'm a point like, in time where Sean had me on electric guitar. I think electric like, guitar, in, in yeah. early college before I got, it, got into electric. Posted some teasers about the new upcoming song Vanity. Um, uh, and the teasers have me very intrigued for this one to drop. Uh, I swear to God, this the guitar riff that you just posted, Tim. That you're working through for this song it's like i know i've heard it somewhere in like some early 2000s alternative song or something i can't i can say this is it please it's uh the anthem by good oh, Charlotte. Fuck, i was right i couldn't figure <laughs> it out oh so satisfying that you just said this that, that i was like I, i've heard yeah. this before no yeah, it I starts like the same way and kind of like diverges yep. off. Yeah, it's, it's like the same like general kind of thing. Different yep. key kind of does its own you know, oh. thing, but uh, very much inspired by that. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> so, yeah, I like almost lost sleep the other night, like trying to think, where the fuck have I heard this before? I cannot remember. Like, I know it. I was like singing the lyrics in my head, but I, they were wrong. So when I typed them in, like, I, it was like not coming up. Yeah. Oh. oh, I know that feeling. It's like the most frustrating it's, thing where we can't figure out the song. It, Definitely some yeah. like pop punk nostalgia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that this guy. I'm so happy you guys figured that out. What's the What's the greatest, in your opinion, the best edit you've ever done? Whether it's like, so I I know it's on your pool house remit. You were you did like a Drake edit and it was pretty fucking. It was pretty savvy. So like maybe obviously you can't release that on Spotify, um, but like uh, without Drake's permission. Um, so what's the best edit you've done, like for a show set or just like in general? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, so I want to say one of my favorite edits I've done is um, I edited a little mashup of "Give It to Me, Baby" by Rick James with uh, with like an <laughs> old ass like Chris Lorenzo track, or it might be Cause and Effect. It's called "Incredible," but um, okay. Just like super bizarre, like kind of just funny, um, but it still goes fucking hard. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably one of my favorite edits I've done. Incredible by Cause and Effect with Give It To Me Baby by Rick James. <laughs> one of the other shows you recently played or festivals you recently played at was that Cosmic Gardens Festival. Um, was that back in April? I think it was. Um there's some other solid DJs on that set. It was kind of a wide spectrum of, you know, like we just talked about different genres of DJs, guys who kind of guys and girls who do their own little thing out there. I think the one I recognized the most, I think was Maximo, Maximo, Maximo yeah. was on that, was on that set too. Um, so, and now this, this cosmic gardens festival is not just, you know, your casual poolside party, right? This is a festival vibes and people are doing some weird shit getting pretty vibrant with it i'm sure uh you know so like how was that atmosphere and you know were with people picking up what you were putting down dude that was so fun like i really didn't know what to expect because it was the first time that they were throwing it um and mm-hmm. uh oh you were on the first one that was the first ever cosmic gardens yep, festival? first ever cosmic gardens yep um oh shit yeah and like going into it you know didn't really know what to expect other than it was a camping festival in the mountains in the jumu mountains of san diego and like i'm i'm like a big tree hugger nature boy so like immediately i was just like fuck yeah it's gonna be dope um and yeah it turned out it turned out awesome dude shout out fest vibes for making that happen it was fucking sick um but yeah, went super well. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful to be getting in that experience of like playing different, you know, kind of atmospheres, you know, different events. Um, yeah. I heard your gravity. I thought this kind of sounds like Nerco a little bit. 
So I'm a huge Nurko fan. So obviously when I heard this song, I loved it. Um, you remix his track Blind Spot earlier this year as well, which is deep, kind of in your feels type of vibe. Um, yes. Has that relationship somewhat, you know, evolved your music and your style at all, or you know, even vice versa? Since you two, it seems like you know you're on some shows together or some festivals coming up together, and you you know kind of got some work history together. Yeah, I mean, um, he is he's an awesome dude, and I remember like hearing his earlier tracks on like Trap Nation and stuff, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like starting to release with Lowly at the same time, and and then yep. his sound like. I remember I heard, I think the first track I heard from him was uh, Breathe Without. And it like randomly came on when I was working out one day and I was like, holy cow. And so, you know, I've I've been a huge fan of his stuff, you know, since I I think that song was out in like 2017, 2018. Yeah, that's Um, about when I started listening to him too, early days. Yeah, yeah. And, And I mean, like every song he's put out since, like his sound is so tailored and so like just like it's like you hear hit one of his songs and you're like this is nerco like this is mm-hmm. very clearly and so, so yeah, fucking I think, wide yes wide. yeah i mean his chord stacks are crazy and Nuts. um his leads are are like so crisp and so like very definitive mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I mean yeah. he's definitely like inspired me to kind of like yeah make like a music that's emotional but also to kind of like find my sound which i think is still something that i'm kind of like sorting through and mm-hmm. you know um figuring out and i think also developing i think there's two sides of that coin of like you can either have like a sound or you can kind of just like make music and i kind of go back and forth between the two of those things but um yeah he's he's definitely been a huge inspiration and you know getting a remix blind spot was awesome and also uh i have a remix for him coming out tomorrow the fifth uh for lost without you uh his song with crystal skies so think do you think we can uh throw in a little teaser track here at the end you know for the what? folks to get a good listen let's do it man let's do it oh oh <laughs> hell yeah what do you what do you think what what do you want the folks to hear well 30 yes, seconds a minute. I'll, what I'll do you give you guys a little one? teaser i'm not going to give you too much because you got to go stream the thing for real but I will give you a teaser of Absolutely. the song Black Hole. It's with uh, Mime, and it's uh, coming out with the EP. And Mime I've worked with before, and, and he crushed the, the vocal on this. And uh, super pumped with how it turned out. So, um, yeah, hope you enjoy Love it. Love that. Well, not to make a terrible dad joke here, but I can't wait to get lost <laughs> into that black hole. Oh, nice. God, I'm, all right, I'm hanging up the shoes. That might be it. I might be done with the show forever now. That was terrible. <laughs> So we got Black Hole. We'll we'll send it to Black Hole now, but Newport, thank you Absolutely, so much man. for coming on. I love the music. I'm so stoked you came on. I'm happy to support it and uh, can't wait to see some content coming up from these. Like we said, that movie that you have towards cool, the man. end of September. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, man. Thanks, thanks so for having much. me on and, and pumped to be here. And yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, have a good one. <laughs> and now Black Hole. I like your song Designer Drugs on Spotify before I ever had any idea that our friend, our mutual friend to Bill, shout out Nabs, Slumdog the Billionaire, his his once upon a time DJ <laughs> name. Uh, um before I had any idea shit, I just said up again. Uh, that he knew you personally and ultimately he synced us up the other day. So right. that when I went back to listen to more funk cause I was like, holy shit, I actually have this designer song or designer drug song like on Spotify. This is this is so weird that now we have like a mutual connection that that set us up. So, right. Um Hell yeah. thought that was That was probably Nabil like on your phone at a party just like dude, sliding in a like or little, some shit. Little, like, <laughs> little schemer, yeah. Nabil cra- I have I have him scheming for me all the time. Dude, he cracks so. me up. He's a he's a funny fucker. <laughs> I love yes, him. Yes, he is. Um so my favorite song of y'all's is actually it's um complicated i think that's a 2021 release right it's kind of more yes. on the indie funk vibe and we'll, we're going to get into that a little bit more here soon but please tell me more about designer drugs you know are like are we talking <laughs> here or like how do i know if i accidentally just slipped and fell into a designer drug <laughs> yeah so that song was written man probably 2019 that was before covid and everything and that one was just kind of like we were still 
because we I started in a rock band before all this with uh, the same guys. We had a different singer. So we wanted to transition more into the alternative realm, basically because in rock, it's kind of like one lane. Like there's not much wiggle room to be creative. So we were like an alternative. You can do anything. So we swapped into this new genre and we were like, let's throw some electronic stuff over the heavy guitars. And we just wanted to write about kind of like what touring was like. It was just fucking craziness, you know, constantly not knowing you know, what city you're in and like just getting fucked up and partying and all that shit. And um, that's basically where the root of that song. And that was one of the first songs we ever recorded. I was, I think, oh, really? part of like the first EP we really did. Wow. We did Everywhere I Go was our number one first song we ever did. And then it was Designer Drugs, Bad For Me. I think Forever. I Don't Mind is it one of them. And I Don't Mind. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So that was like the first little EP. That's kind of crazy because, well, maybe just from time release. passing now, but I think Designer Drugs is your most listened to song on Spotify. Uh, I And this is my fault. You kind of told me what Funkhauser is all about, but Funkhauser uh, is actually named after Marty Funkhauser. <laughs> on curb your enthusiasm uh so yeah. we had to, we had to talk about that so you, you were kind of telling me about it the other day but but, but like why right. in the hell like made you choose marty funkhauser to lead your band's name for here on out well As someone who doesn't watch curb your enthusiasm i watched <laughs> seinfeld larry david's hilarious right tell me more right so larry david is my spirit animal i love everything Glorious. that comes out of his mouth he's just hilarious human. but when when we were coming up with names, it was all over the fucking place. Like, it's so hard to come up with, like, a band name that, I don't know, just, like, sticks. Mm -hmm. So it was that one. We were deciding between Fierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. There were so many Next weird names name, thrown Fierce out there. Fierce Brosnan, for sure. Right. So I think that's, like, my Reddit name. That's awesome. Username or some shit now. But, um when we came to Funkhauser, it was kind of just like, we just like how it kind of rolls off the tongue weird, like Funkhauser. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just kind of cool. cool. And we felt it was like indie and just weird and the kind of music we're going to make is going to be, you know, indie and weird and stuff like that. So it kind of fit. And then, like I said, anything to do with Larry David, it's just like, that is I'm, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan as well. Like my whole family and then love curbs. And then it, it just was like, but where did the connection come in? And like, when did you guys decide like, Hey, Benny, like your voice needs to be the voice of this thing. This, this bronze whale project. Can I take this one, Benny? Yeah. So like, uh, I mean, as far as like us connection, as far as us getting started with the project or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like yeah. how do we meet? Um, when did you guys become so best friends? Yeah, it was, uh, there was like a music website that was just kind of cutting its teeth back in like 2011. And, um, I was working like a desk job and just kind of hate looking for oh. anything to, to fuck off with and found this music website where it was just kind of like a curation for people to come into a room. And I know there's a bunch of, of new ones popping up that are kind of doing it, but, uh, yeah. So I just, I got on this app called turntable back then and, and started hosting rooms. And, um, I think at the time it was predominantly like hip hop and some like dubstep, like early stuff. And, um, it just kind of people from all over started coming to the room every day and playing music. Um, but since I was inviting like people that I knew locally into the room, it kind of just spread within like the Austin community and we started to get more producers and artists from the area. So, um, hmm. friends of friends introduced Aaron to it and he came in, he started playing, um, some of his music, uh, that he had been working on, um, uh, predominantly like remixes at the time you were doing right and uh some remixes some, remixes, some really bad originals yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was just super cool and he was like super down to earth and it was something i was always interested in so um he was talking about building a studio um in central austin kind of close to where i lived and i was like hey i work at apple i can get you probably like a big discount on a computer well, like this guy, um, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, man, if you want to hook me up with a computer, like I'll show you how to make some beats." And I was like, "That's your first mistake," because the moment he let me in that studio, I oh, just God. like never left. So yeah, that's stuck awesome. around, and I just like instantly knew I was like, I I don't know what any of this is, but it's like something I want to do. So 
Fuck yeah. Um, I was like a band nerd growing up, but I never really found like the area that fit perfectly. Like mm. I played guitar, but that always just felt like kind of a hobby. So yeah. um, I think I saw really quick with like the talent that he already had and my understanding of like building sites and kind of building some marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I think I can make up kind of more of like the managerial end of this project as I learn the awesome. beats and uh yeah we just kind of like both put in our strengths in the beginning and um what i didn't know about production would just be a lot of um sitting behind Aaron and and i could just at least like vocalize you know and, and writing for the blog helped that a lot because you know we could we could take in so much music that we loved and really like compare it and be like you know what are we lacking what are we missing what what are our strengths and weaknesses and so that helped us grow really quick um, and, and have a really strong idea of just like what was what was working and what wasn't. So uh, I think we kind of like cut our teeth that way. And it wasn't until maybe like four or five years ago that we had like, you know, a firm grasp of what we were like really doing with this project and what we wanted it to be. And that was kind of like the turning point with like the vocals and stuff is was like, hey, let's really take over like every aspect you know we we had moved towards vocally driven music as we made instrumentals but it was always just you know us searching for vocalists and and you know waiting to hear back we get a demo but then we never get a finish and so i would um kind of like little by little do like demo versions or just like sing what i thought it should be or have vocal notes and I think one night finally we were all just around a fire kind of shit house and it was like, let's sing on that song inside. And I walked in and did it and we all listened to it. And our friend Austin, who's on our label is, is Paul's turn. And he was like, yes, you should, you should just do that. Which yeah. Our manager at the time was real happy about because she'd been pushing yeah. that for like two years. So I think um, you're going to, you're going to actually do this now. Sorry. It's kind of what it became, you know, and I was like, oh, shit, I have to learn how to be a singer. <laughs> I, I think, oh, man, you know, the first one was warm, right? I think uh, the first, well, yeah. I, mean, I guess, I guess say it a long time ago. And that was more of kind of like a, just using you as a sampler mm-hmm. and just and just kind of like recording your voices and sampling them. And that was way back in the gap. But like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, warm was the first one. I think that we really had an intention of of, of having his vocal on. Um I mean, not at first we wrote it and he was just like, Hey, let me take a stab at it. And I think it was just, yeah, like you're saying it was, it was just one too many Miller high lives later. And, um, <laughs> and then nothing wrong with that. Either. And then, uh, and we put it in and it was just, it was infectious. I mean, we listened to it okay. and it was just like, man, this thing, like I, you know, like we know right away when there's one that's like, we just like want to keep listening to it. And it's rare when you want to listen to your own music. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I think, you know, with that one, it just, it just felt like such a vibe and then we were like, put it out and people really liked it. And so mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's just try that again. And we tried it again. And then we did it, yeah. I think with patterns was like the next one and patterns did patterns actually opened up doors for us. So then from there it was like, well, well shit, I guess we kind of have to keep doing this. <laughs> well, fuck. Yeah. I mean the voice and the production style, like lay in perfectly together to be honest with you guys. And it's. Fuck, it sounds like you're blood brothers at this point anyways. So, I mean, exactly. it seems to all mesh perfectly together. Like like anyone who's listening to your music, I mean, you just kind of know. It's many. Your voice is unique, man. Like, you can you instantly know when you listen to a Browns Whale song. Aaron, that's not a knock on, you know, great production behind it, you know, obviously. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to tell. And like you guys mentioned, sounds like a lot of stuff you've done on your own, Benny, and, you know, website building and Aaron's production and the, the blog, you know. You guys obviously do a lot of everything on your own with Browns whale, you know, do you feel like, um, that has been the best path for you guys in order to really accomplish what you've wanted to with the music and with that, you know, the brand and in a whole, it's hard to say. I mean, I, it's, you know, it's the path we're on and I'm glad we're on it. When you're doing your shows, like how are people like, what's the general vibe at a phase wave concert? To be honest, like, I think more nuts than it, uh, than it, you would guess. If you look at some of our like live videos, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Like uh, a lot of um, a lot of crowd surfing, I'd say, especially oh, from Zach. Yeah. He likes to get up there. <laughs> yeah, he's a maniac. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I quite quite a bit of quite a bit of monstrous, I would say. You know, I wouldn't compare it to like a you know something more hardcore, but uh, it gets rowdy for sure. Um, and it's funny that you said. Uh, I hear this from fucking everybody, to be honest. It's like, and, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's great. People say it's like a, you know, a 
good, easy day vibe and, and stuff. And everyone says that. But I think it's funny because I think most of the lyrics in like almost all of our songs are like pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Like and I don't try to. I think it's just I think it's just therapeutic. Like it's not something that I I don't sit down and I'm like, wow, like I need to be like this depressed, whatever. Because I feel like in general, I'm a pretty happy person. Um, I think the reason is, is because I like write my stuff down all the time. And what, what helps me is writing the stuff that I think make is like makes me sad in life. And like, I'm not like a 360 journalist, right. Or like a journaler. Mm-hmm. So I don't write everything throughout my day. Like, Oh, I woke up and I ate this or this made me happy today. And maybe I should, but I don't like, I write down the shitty stuff and, uh, and no one seems to hear that, which is, I'm sure they do. Like, obviously, you know, but no one says that. And the only person that ever says anything is my girlfriend. I'll play her a song and I can't show her our music anymore or something I write. Cause she's like, are you okay? What's wrong? Or, uh, it's is just it funny. Me, Cause she's, like, she's the only one. Yeah, yeah, no, she's cool about that. She's not like, uh, she's not weird about anything. It's just really funny. Cause every time I show someone a song, they never comment on like the sadness of the lyrics, but she's like, which I think is good. I think it's probably cause she's like concerned. Um, but it's just funny. Cause it's like, I always hear that such a positive vibe, which I love, mm-hmm. but I've been waiting for someone to be like, all your songs are pretty sad. Well, did that, uh, so, except chemistry. Chemistry is a very happy vibe. Yeah. So that's what I think the thing is. I think a lot of folks, especially, especially in your realm of music a lot of the songs are sad for the most part a lot of them are not happy songs but they come off as like a really good vibe and like something you want to listen to like i mentioned like on a sunny day or like just on a drive and i think what it is is just the fact that the song itself is it's memorable it's easy to listen to and you can sing along to it and i think that's all that really matters because at the end of the day it can be sad but if it's like high energy about it it's cool and we're cool with those sad lyrics then yeah (laughs) So it's, yeah, exactly. It's like the, the contrast. Exactly. So, I mean, the fact that you can do that, I mean, now I don't think it's like an easy thing to just pull off to talk about sad shit and make it sound happy. So, I mean, congrats to you guys. It works. <laughs> it works great. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sure your girlfriend's, I'm sure your girlfriend's parents send her a lot of very concerned texts about like, are you sure you want to be with this Mac guy who's always <laughs> fucking depressed? But <laughs> Oh my God. That's hilarious. I've never thought about that. They actually, they fly in today. So I can ask them. Yeah. Ask them. Ask them. Uh, that's funny. And, and just make sure they know everything. Or was it 2020? I saw that you had like almost 9,000 streams on Spotify. Fast forward to the end of 2021, you had 200, like 15,000 streams on um, Spotify. Was it the, yeah, that was the end of 2021, right? I think you were up to like 215,000 then. And I think it was Living Backwards, or was it Living Backwards that had a big part of that? Or was it? Living Backwards definitely got a lot of streams on that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're still really young, really early on then. So like, what's been, what's been working for you then? Like, as you're going through this all, like what's been working, has it just been the dedication to it? Um, or is it just like, you've found that you've been able to build a really good fan base around your music, just the kind of vibe you put out is like, like I said, it's kind of Mac, like I said, Mac Miller, but like with a little bit more indie, especially with the newer stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the best things is like, if you're a younger artist is like, consistency i don't know if i've been the best at that but once i get stuff going it's like you just build off that momentum starts to grow it's like that's probably what i attribute it to a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then kind of just like i guess dedication to music i don't really not to sound like corny or something but like you know dedicated to the music you know yeah trying to make the best stuff i can yeah how do you think you, how do you think you've grown then through that? Have you like, when you started out making or just like rapping over beats, like have you kind of, di- have you like dove into doing your own beats or anything? Or obviously your style has kind of grown. Your rap stuff is great. I like generally only support Indian EDM artists just to stay kind of like, that's my, that's my love. I love yeah, that shit. That's your, your, land. your rap yeah. stuff. But like, I always call out this fucking mixtape right here. So the best mixtape in my opinion ever, the Mac oh, yeah. kids and like some of your songs would have, like literally would have just fit on that quite perfectly. Um, but like, I feel Thank like you've you kind of, you got the, uh, uh, concrete walls now too. And that one's a bit more yeah. of a indie vibe. Like, is there a reason yeah. for the shift? Are you kind of just finding the sound or like what's been kind of changing for you? I think overall, like I would, I would say rap was like kind of my favorite genre overall, but I think my taste has kind of 
started to evolve more into like indie alternative music. And so with that, I think I've kind of started to change my sap. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I, I saw that you have some new music coming up. Um, yeah. And like, uh, and I quote, should have more music out soon. Kind of scroll yes. through that Instagram post. And the last one was DJ Khaled ripping a four locos. Uh, so talk, right. talk to me, Goose. What have we got? <laughs> you talking about the DJ Khaled? Yeah. You want background for that or you want background all for the of song? It. All of it. There's a lot going on in there. And it's like, I'm not even going to try to fuck a piece of okay. together anymore. All right. Dude, I was going through the, uh, I was on YouTube just looking up old music and old relatively, but like the I'm on one music video oh. popped up on my on my uh, For You page on YouTube and I clicked on it and I'm like watching through it and then like mid mid video I just see randomly like DJ Khaled on the balcony just like <laughs> ripping some four loco I'm like what? This, that makes no sense. Clearly it was like a paid promotion oh, yeah. for like when four loco just came out yeah. but I was like that's ridiculous. And I screenshotted it, and I was like, "Let's throw, let's throw that in there." So it has nothing to do with the actual song. You just thought this is a- has nothing to do. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, so I threw it on there. God damn it! As I like, I like to just throw on some random shit on my Instagram sometimes. I asked why I'd ask because you said that, and there was like like two or three random pictures. I was like, "What the fuck is this song about to be about?" Like, if it's about DJ Khaled ripping four local, yeah. it could be interesting. But like, <laughs> I, mean, I was definitely pre pre Ciroc DJ Khaled. When he started ripping, oh, ripping yeah, Ciroc. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm quickly switched over to Ciroc. I, mean, but yeah. I respect the move. Damn, that's fucking sick. Well, speaking yeah. of in common, I think I just heard an ESPN fantasy football app, uh, notification yeah. go off on your phone there. How were your drafts? Did you have a draft recently? How'd it go? Um, last week. Last week. Feel good about the team? Feel good about the boys on the squad? Man, I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like you think you do good, and then once the season starts, you realize who really sucks, and you kind of just. Yup. Just don't want to be them, you know. <laughs> every every I mean, fucking every fucking year. Yeah, hey, I feel confident, but you know, usually only lasts like four weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking to make trades in week one already. Like, there's like oh, yeah. I already know, like I got my one guy picked out. It was like ah, I don't feel great about you. I'm gonna try to pawn you off and already start bugging my league. Like before anyone ever plays a snap, I want to get rid of you. <laughs> yeah. Type of thing. That's why I have that. In, like, if you lose, you get a tattoo. So. Ooh, um, you what are we thinking for a tattoo? It's like a little football, and it has, uh, you know, I think it says like Fancy Loser 2K, whatever the years, and then on the sides, um, my buddy group that I play with, uh, one of the guys in there, his brother passed away, so they have his, like, initials on there, just as, like, a remembrance. Um, but I always mm-hmm. tell everybody, I'm like, I never met him, so it'd be so horrible to get it, because then I'm just have some random dudes, you know, like, oh. I don't even, you know, never met him, so... I'm not losing. Like, you never want. Damn sure. That's for damn sure. Yeah, don't don't lose because that'd be weird. <laughs> like it's a horrible it's a horrible story. Like I'm really sad here, but it's almost like getting like a girlfriend's name tatted on you, and then like you know right. things go south. It's like I just, type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm you know I'm all for mystery, but that's just a little too far for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit. That's a little bit out there, out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. But uh, speaking speaking to mystery a little bit, I I, w- I was very just like intrigued, mostly by OTW. Um, when you do like when you are there's a lot of sounds. There's a lot of elements and things going on in your music. Do you use, I got it. It makes me think of this Zac Efron movie where he was like a DJ. I can't remember what it's called. And it's got, uh, we are your friends or something like that. Yes. We are your friends. Yes. It's similar to the festival that they throw. And I think it's California where it's like, I want to say we are your friends too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. Cause I think someone was just talking to me about it. You might not be totally right, but, I th- it's like along like, the same lines of like what it is. Yeah. I was just hearing about this from someone I work with um, because we have a whole team that's down in California. But uh, so I think of that movie because he's like on a run and he's like starts recording a bunch of elements when he's just out on his run. He's plugging them into his own music and, and just listening to OTW. I was like instantly, that was my first thought. I was like, do you record shit like that and just plug it in? Or is, um, do you do anything like that with your music? Or is it all just, you know, pre-made sample stuff or are you just like kind of doing stuff on your own? Yeah, majority of the time it's sample stuff. Um, 
I make some of my sounds occasionally. It just really depends on kind of like what mood I am. I'm in. It's like, do I want to sit there and like tediously do this for, you know, four hours? Like not every day. It's a bitch. Yeah. So definitely a lot of samples. And, um, you know, I try to try to my best to find new samples all the time and, and dig into like those packs and kind of, you know, find like hidden gems and stuff. I, that's something I really like to do. So, um, yeah, majority of it is samples and, and, I mean, I'm super into movies, just like the next person would be in, and you know, scores and stuff like that. I always make movies better, so I always try to look in packs like that that are very cinematic and and you know, oh, somewhat cool. real sounding. You know, because it's electronic music can be really robotic, especially the stuff that I'm. Oh yeah, in. it's very technical and like you know, a lot of chopping up, chopping it up. So if I could like breathe it out on like the intros or the bridges with like that cinematic stuff, I absolutely you know love to. Love to do that. Or so besides the fact that it's perfect for that, you know, have you found that success like through, you know, rotations on serious rotations on playlists, um, or anything else you're doing? Is that kind of why you've seen like so much traction towards your music lately? Yeah, I would say, um, the first EP I released, which was in 2020, I believe I got onto a few <laughs> Apple editorial playlists, which I had no real idea like what that meant. Um, it, it was like a pure focus playlist. Um, and I was told that I was getting like 40,000 Apple streams a day Ooh. and didn't, didn't really know what that meant. Didn't really think much of it, but I, but it gave me a lot of validation to think that like, here I am making music in my bedroom and like an Apple editor is adding it to their, to their editorial playlist. Like, like that was like the turning point for me to like really start taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and once that happened, I started to get, I started to see a lot more like Apple playlists being, uh, happening, um, gotten some sync play, play placements, uh, lifetime fitness actually took awaken and put it into one of their, like one of their trailers. Um, oh, which was really shit. cool. Well, like um, a trailer, uh, like a TV commercial or something, or I think it was like an online ad that they were doing in it. Oh, they promoted it, um, I guess, to promote their to promote the gym, but also to like, I think their their spot to promote their spot, like Lifetime Fitness spot. And they use your um, song for it, and they use it in the background. Oh, that's sick! Um, which was really cool. So it was cool to see how that experience like works. Um, and from there, like, I've been really lucky with the serious stuff. I've had about like six or seven songs be added to there. Um, I did a mix for them actually a couple weeks ago an hour set with Blonde Maze oh. on Sirius, which was a great time. That's it's cool. On my SoundCloud. It's like a very chill. Yeah. It's very like instrumental chill, not all instrumental, but it's like a, you know, it's a combined mix that we, that we made. So you just DJ, you just DJ on a serious channel for a straight up hour. Yeah. I mean, what it, what, what it is is like you make the mix beforehand yeah. and send to them. Okay. So and they just rip it. It's not, it's not a live thing, but yeah, they, they play exactly what you send them. Uh, which they were lucky, luck, we were lucky enough, like they reached out to us and said, like, we'd love, you know, an hour long set from you. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, it was part of the, yeah, it was cool. That's badass. No, that's the first time. And this is the reason I love asking this question, you know, how they, how artists are finding like traction, because like one of my earlier episodes with Native, he was saying like, he got added to a Starbucks playlist and that helped him out a lot. I was like, well, that's something. And then a lot of people mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. this like playlist getting randomly added. They're just getting added to, you know, New Music Friday. And then like this one, you know, you're on Sirius, you're putting out, get, putting out a, an hour long set on Sirius is like, that's fucking, that's so sick. That is really sick. Um, I, I was going to, I was like, did I miss this completely? Like, I, I'm assuming, like, what's like the, not the market that for like, if you ever wanted to DJ live shows, how the hell would you, how, if you, okay, let's see, let's say you get asked to DJ a show and do you think there's a market, an audience big enough to fill any kind of venue to listen to your kind of music? Like, I, I guess I've never experienced that. Has that ever been like a conversation? It's, it's a tricky question. Like, I don't, I don't personally think I have enough of a fan base in a specific city to pull in enough like, people for a show. Like your genre. Like let's, let's say you have like a really big reach, but like, how does, mm-hmm. am I just missing something? Are there like venues that will have people who have similar music to like an instrumental vibe? I mean, I think seeing this live would be a total trip, but like, it's not like your mm. average EDM show where it's just like an action, like you're actually tripping. Right. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah. 
it's definitely it's definitely a thing for like there i mean there's within the genre there's bigger artists that are uh in the similar the same genres maybe like just way more popular like do you know like casbo casbo yeah, yep. i don't know Love, how you really pronounce yeah, it. i think it's casbo k-a-s-b-o right yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like love Shalu. That. Yep, love that. Um, I know you're a big Adam fan. I like Adam's music as well. Yeah, yeah. Adam. I actually recently saw him met him for the first time actually last this past oh, week. It was great. Um but yeah, uh like if you open for a big big named act in the same genre, I think that's kind of where the opportunity is okay. in terms of live show. So how are you? Like, hard to say, if though. you took it, if you took it live, do you? Like, I don't know. I guess maybe I've never watched a Casbah live show, but like, do, are you obviously? If are you keeping the song? I guess my biggest question here is: Are you keeping the song as it is? Like a lot of artists will like remix their own track for like a, a, a live set, and they'll like make it. You know, they'll just do something different. Like you know, think of like a really heavy synth Millennium song that when he takes it live, it just becomes mm-hmm. a dubstep drop instead. Um, like, is that something where like Casbo or even Adam, like any of those guys, but they're like more chill vibes that they're tweaking to add some punch to it in like a live show or they like keep it in as is, which I still think would be cool. Yeah. I think, I think they mainly keep as is. They just like create extended intros and Mm. create specific versions of that track. So they're able to mix it in. Um, if they're doing a DJ set or maybe add like a club, maybe it could be like a club edit where like the the kick is a lot more present. Interesting. Depends really. I, and I don't really have too much experience, but it is something I definitely want to get into at some point. So you actually recently, I think it was a couple years ago. Now you worked on a, uh, collab project with a Grammy winning composer, Christopher Tin. Um, yes. For your he album, the man. your album collide. And it was a cool album. Um, it was placed on billboards, top dance albums at number 14. And I, my personal favorite from that one is closing it or closing in. Uh, so that's a just that, a that, very that cool was our song. lead sing- that, that was, was our cool. lead single. Yeah, that's right. I saw I saw that. And that is a cool fucking song. Just really symphonic and just lots of space and power in that track. And I think Dia Frampton um, is on vocals oh, for that she one. Nailed it. Killed so it. Just have, wonderful. I've got to say, like, so like, what's so cool about that? Like, I mean, the album as a whole is beautiful, but it was always like in my, it was always at the back of my mind because I, I, when I studied at the Conservatorium of Music and I have a degree in, um, in music, Bachelor of Music and Technology, um, I knew that one day I wanted to make an album with an orchestra, but, um, Mm. I never knew like when it would happen. And then I, I guess life just does what it does. And I, I met Christopher Tin who I can say is like, I swear, I swear he's like from heaven and just like, he's not a real person. (laughs) He's like an an angel that just like came down and like, I got to make this entire album with him. Mm. I'm like a two times Grammy award winning composer in classical. Yeah. So, and I studied classical music, but working with him showed me how shit I was at it. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, the, like I would be like, yo, dude. Like, what do you think about if the if the saxophones do this? And he'd look at me and he'd say, "You realize, uh, they won't be able to breathe." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Look at it." And I'm looking at it, and he goes, "Where have you left room for them to actually take a breath?" And I'm like, "Oh, you're right." And he goes, "So, so I guess it it made me realize, like, you know, these are thoughts that." you have to consider when you're writing for a, a live orchestra. Yeah. And so I was going to so, ask, was this like the most complex like studio sessions you've ever had in your life? Like were they, I'm sure they were a blast. You guys like just kicked it and had a great time, but like, were these like complex sessions for you at least? Oh yeah. I mean, they would, I would say complex in the sense of like working with Christopher Tim, I wouldn't say complex in the sense of like a bad complex, I would say more just a really steep learning curve. Like if I didn't do that album collide with Christopher Tim, it wouldn't have led to what happened next, which is when Disney. I was going to say the dance on the dancing on ice, right? Or Disney, Disney on, on ice. ice. Yeah. Disney on ice. Yeah. They dance on ice. So like, so like, so I worked with Christopher Tim for years to get that album. And then 
once we released it, I had so much, like, I learned, it was like having a free mentor. Sorry, Chris. I love you. Um, but it was like having a free mentor who just knew everything about every instrument. And it's just, he's a total genius. And then I guess, you know, it's one thing to like learn from a tutor, but another thing to what, to write music with them. So he was very complimentary. He would be like, dude, your beat is sick. And like, this works well. I think we should do this. And I go, that's such a cool idea. I think that should lead to this. And we were like very intertwined with making that album. And at the end of it, when it came out, it was like, you know, cool. Like we, we did chart on billboard for both dance music and classical simultaneously, which, which is still, wild. That's just need, wild. I still need to call Guinness world records and see if that's I a record. Say, I don't think that's ever fucking happened. No way. No, how I like, 